your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Doing so is free and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's episode, I thought we would step away from the Winnipeg Jets and take a look around the league at some of the currently ongoing series, which series have actually finished, and what we're looking at for round number two of the playoffs. We already have a handful of series that have concluded, but we will update these scorelines from some of the individual games before we get to the actual series finales. Let's first kick off the action with Monday, which was quite an exciting day for Jets fans. Of course, Winnipeg ended up pulling off a major sweep of the Edmonton Oilers. Very exciting times for Winnipeg fans, but there were plenty of other very interesting games and certainly a couple of playoff series that folks are probably keeping an eye on. For Jets fans, the one that they were paying attention to was Toronto versus Montreal, which has been a very topsy-turvy series. This is one that's been chaotic, it's been very physical, there have been some very major injuries, and honestly, I don't know, even if the Leafs actually win this one, I, I don't know how they're going to handle round number two, because while they are a very deep team, losing John Tavares for any amount of time certainly would be a problem, especially going up against the Jets. It's not because the Jets are going to be significantly harder to play than the Montreal Canadiens. In fact, the Jets may in some areas be at least a little bit easier, although overall I actually think the Habs are a worse team. The one thing where the Jets are definitely more difficult, though, is in goaltending, and certainly Connor Hellebuck has been one of the best goaltenders in the entire postseason. This guy's been a rock. He stonewalled McDavid and Dreisaitl and a number of other really great players, so obviously the Jets... They're very much leaning on Hellebuck to carry them, while also taking advantage of some really sloppy mistakes from their opponents and showcasing some of the really skilled talent and goal-scoring ability that this team still possesses. For Winnipeg's part, I do think that they have a a pretty uphill battle against Toronto. Um, In Monday's game in which the Maple Leafs won 2-1, this was uh, actually a series-leading win and certainly a critical one because I think it showcases a lot of the ways that Toronto can win very close margins. Um, Toronto's a very good team. I think that there's... Maybe a little bit of a divide between them and maybe the top, top teams in the playoff bracket, but Toronto's still a very good, like, number four or number five kind of team. I don't think that they are exactly at the level of, like, a high-end cup contender necessarily, but I think that they are very close to it, you know, especially in this postseason picture where if Jack Campbell goes on a bit of a run, Toronto's in pretty good straights. The Leafs took care of business in this one, getting past Carey Price, which has actually been a little bit difficult this series. Uh, you know, the Habs defensively aren't great. I've seen a lot of really nasty turnovers and plays that were allowed straight up through the center ice area, which is not something that you want. If you're giving Toronto breakaways through the neutral zone, it probably means that there is a defensive adjustment that needs to be made. You know, and my general impression from watching bits of the Canadians is that they are not very good. I- I've seen Claude Julien's version of the team, and I felt that that team was very pesky, very hard to dispossess at times, and certainly causing a lot of chaos down low in the slot. Unfortunately for this uh, Ducharme version of the Canadians, they do have a lot of slot chaos, but it's in their own end of the ice. 
you know, Toronto is one of those teams where if you give them any sort of opening, it's going to end poorly for you, and Montreal found this one out the hard way. Speaking of teams that can punish you, um, we had the Islanders winning in double overtime against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and this one, I believe, was actually a very nasty turnover from Tristan Jari. Um, Jari just sort of misplayed the puck right to somebody else. Pretty sure it was this game. I think it was to Josh Bailey, and Bailey ended up scoring, winning in double overtime. Ilya Sorokin did enough in the uh, the Islanders' net to keep them afloat. The Islanders are an interesting team. I don't think that they are quite as good as the Pittsburgh Penguins, but this squad has shown a resilience and certainly an ability to sink the, the pens when they make a mistake, most notably in net. Jari has looked a little bit vulnerable over the past couple of games, and I think that that's a really bad sign when you're in the postseason and you need more than a few extra saves to keep your team in contention. Like, the Penguins are an almost perfect roster in so many areas, but in terms of goaltending depth, that's one of the critical areas where they continue to lack. They've got a bunch of other backups that they could replace him with, but I don't really see them going for it, and I don't know that any of those goalies are actually going to be an improvement upon Jari. You know, Jari has shown a couple of streaks where he was playing at, like, an elite level, but I don't think it's been sustained. Tristan starting to struggle really couldn't come at a worse time because the Pens are now in a very tight situation. With this game on Monday, they found themselves now in a 2-3 series hole, which, if the Islanders were going to pull it off throughout the rest of the week, was going to put all of the pressure on the Pens to be perfect, you know, throughout the rest of the series. So, not a great outcome. Certainly, Jari is probably feeling all of the pressure now. This is a very pivotal season for the Pens because there aren't that many years in which Malkin, Crosby, and the rest of the gang are going to be playing at this level. Pittsburgh has kind of pushed all of the chips in, and if they don't win another cup within the next couple of seasons, this is probably it for this core. I think Mike Sullivan's a great coach and all, but certainly this iteration of the team, it's getting to the point where you're starting to think about the expiration date. We've seen this with the Caps. At some point, it probably will catch up with Pittsburgh. I think Mike Sullivan has done a really good job of finding ways around that so far, but eventually time is going to catch up with everyone, and that's the same for Crosby and company. So, you know, the Pens really can't afford to lose this series. If they do, it's going to be a major problem for this team. The rebuild's probably on the horizon sooner rather than later, but, you know, there are going to be serious questions about how this front office is supposed to proceed. I don't think the answer is all that clear. Pittsburgh's in a pretty tight situation, roster-wise and cap-wise, and so the amount of moves that they can actually make are going to be limited, and I don't know if they actually have the ability to get out of the situation that they're in. You know, Ron Hextall came into this job recently, and Hextall is certainly used to rebuilding a team like the Philadelphia Flyers, but, you know, the Pens are still very much a competitive roster, so how do you work around that? I think that's a real big question coming this offseason. No matter what happens in the postseason, Pittsburgh's got some serious questions to answer. And I'd highly recommend listening to the Locked on Pittsburgh Penguins podcast to get more insight into what Pittsburgh's long-term picture is, because I think they actually have one of the more interesting situations as far as NHL teams are concerned, and there are no really easy answers with that roster. Aside from the Jets scoreline, there actually was one other game on that Monday affair, but we will get to that one in just a moment. Before then, I wanted to shout out tonight's title sponsors at Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, journalists, and everyone in between about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NHL. You'll find fans just like you in Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, breaking news stories, massive trades, and all the rumors you can handle. You can even find plenty of our Locked On hosts from all across the network, including NBA, MLB, and NHL, all hosting Locker Rooms. I'll be joining the app soon in the future, so be sure to get started, and I'll meet you there. To begin your Locker Room journey, go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. 
I can't wait to join you all in the app, and I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked on Winnipeg Jets room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. For those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast, by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Built Bar. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market because they taste more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft chewy interior. They come in nine delicious flavors including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. But be sure to stay tuned to BuiltBar.com and check out their newsletter because they also launch very special limited release, limited time offer flavors that you can probably only get once or twice. I'm talking fabulous ones like churro puff and some very special flavors that you simply can't get anywhere else. And believe me when I tell you, they are amazing. As good as Built Bars taste though, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're guilt-free and support all of your different lifestyles and needs. To place your order, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout and you'll receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at score lines from around the league now that the Jets have off until round two. There have been some pretty enthralling series, and one of them has been Tampa Bay versus the Florida Panthers. Now, this one was on Monday, and certainly this game, a 4-1 to victory for the Panthers, was a huge moment in the series. Tampa Bay was very much on the verge of putting the Panthers out of the playoffs with a 4-1 series lead if, in fact, the Lightning had closed this one out. Instead, the only 4-1 that we actually saw on the scoreboard was the Panthers salvaging a win against Tampa Bay 4-1 in a very important first career NHL start for Spencer Knight, which Knight, of course, is one of the more touted goalie prospects. My take on goalies in the NHL is like it's a very random sort of thing. I don't really know if you can actually predict which goaltenders are going to succeed. In my mind, it's always a bit of a coin flip for certain guys, even if they technically look great and have all of the skills and tool sets they don't often pan out or, you know, the guys who actually do pan out, it's hard to track which ones are going to be really effective because sometimes they're effective for many years. Sometimes they're just like a brief flash in the pan, which is why folks, you really need to treasure what Connor Hellebuck is and does for the Jets. I really think he's underappreciated in a lot of ways, which is crazy to say because he just won the Vezina. He just stonewalled the, the Edmonton Oilers and especially McDavid's unit and certainly has carried the Jets through a pretty tumultuous season. Love your netminders, folks, especially Connor Hellebuck. Back on topic for the actual Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers, this series has been tight. It's been very difficult to call, but eventually I do think the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning will prevail. The Lightning are just built different, and I think that that's something that's never going to change. That team is very hard to knock out, and Columbus doing it a couple of seasons ago when they were uh, able to sweep them, probably a once-in-a-lifetime sort of chance for a team to do that against the Lightning. Moving on to Tuesday, there weren't really many games to report on. We just had two, and we had Toronto beating Montreal 4 to nothing. And naturally, this game is actually important for Jets fans because it more or less confirms the Maple Leafs as Winnipeg's next opponent. I talked about it on the last episode. I do think the Jets, in some areas, may have a slightly easier time against the Leafs than they did the Oilers, but I don't know how much easier it's going to be because Toronto can hurt the Jets in a lot of other ways, especially when it comes to depth. Unlike the Oilers, Toronto is very much not a two-line team, and most of Toronto's lines play very productive, very skilled hockey. Even like their fourth line with, you know, Jumbo Joe and some of these other older veterans... They actually do really good stuff, especially if you give Thornton and guys like Spezza any sort of room to work with. Those dudes still have great releases, they're very smart around the net, they've got great passing, great vision, great IQ, and a lot of veteran experience. You just really can't take this Leafs team for granted. I think the only real weakness that they have is maybe some defensive issues here and there, but it's pretty limited, and their goaltending is kind of a question at times. 
in my mind, I think Jack Campbell is in perfectly good form to carry Toronto through a pretty good playoff run. He's had decent amounts of work, not like crazy, crazy stuff to do, but certainly he has made some jaw-dropping saves here and there and has really kept Toronto in this series ahead of the Canadians by a pretty good margin, just really stonewalling Montreal and, and forcing Carey Price to be perfect at the other end. Toronto's only real question, I think, other than maybe goaltending, is, is probably the power play. It's something that they have struggled with throughout the season. They actually did score a power play goal in this game, but certainly the special teams unit for Toronto has been a bit hit or miss this season. For the most part, during the regular season, the, the power play was a huge miss. Not always, but uh, like they had a lot of movement, and I felt like at times their passing and, and decision-making was good. But when it came to actually shooting and scoring, not so great. I do think that if they finish off uh, Montreal over the next couple of days... You know, the Jets are going to have a really tough opponent, and I think it's going to be a very close series. Speaking of close series, the last game that we had for Tuesday was Carolina versus Nashville. I had kind of written off the Preds for a while because I felt like their offensive ability was pretty limited. Ever since adding guys like Trennan and uh, certainly their, their really high-end prospect in Ailey Tovanen, you know, that team has added significant offensive scoring depth that's still very young and trying to work out how to play at the NHL level consistently, but... You know, it's a lot better than what they used to have, which was pretty much nothing. Outside of, like, Johansson and, you know, Forsberg and Arvidsson, there's just not a whole lot of front-end support for this this Preds team. But now that they have some goal scorers who can actually fill in those gaps, plus a pretty good goaltender in Yusaceros backing them up, that's a nasty team, a surprisingly decent one throughout this postseason. But unfortunately, in a game that, in my opinion, was probably a must-win because Carolina is just very difficult to beat consistently, they ended up falling in, in overtime to a Jordan Stahl goal that just sort of like deflected over and through Saros' pads from a bit of a fluky bounce. It's the sort of winner that the Canes definitely needed. This series could have gone either way, you know, in a 2-2 tied series, a 3-2 overtime victory to actually push the series to the same margin is a crucial victory for the Canes, one that's probably going to give them some confidence heading into their next game, and I would expect Carolina to take care of business on the road. The Canes are a pretty well-rounded monster, and though it did take them some time to actually break through uh, Nashville's neutral zone press and, and essentially lockdown tactics, didn't end up working out for the Preds. They still conceded, they still lost, and now they have to win the game at home. We'll see if Carolina can finish it off in just a couple of days, but you know certainly there is a lot of action to talk about in between, including some series finales in tonight's games. Before getting on with the rest of tonight's action, I did want to tell you about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than Bet Online. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. The NHL playoffs and baseball season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and so many other fabulous sports, all at BetOnline.ag. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines as all of your favorite teams gear up for their deep playoff runs. Win as they win. And chase true glory. To get started, register at BetOnline for a free account on your laptop or mobile device and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a 50% matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at BetOnline.ag. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, where you're recapping some scorelines from around the NHL. And on Wednesday evening, 
we had some major ones, including some series-defining games in which we saw the Islanders in their game against the Penguins win 5-3 to and finish off the Penguins 4-2 to in the series. To put it bluntly, Tristan Jari was just terrible and unfortunately cost the Penguins a couple of games in the series that they were arguably deserving of the victory. Those couple of losses ended up sinking Pittsburgh, and to be honest, Penguins were probably one of my top picks as a Stanley Cup contender. This was one of the few teams with a depth and skill to actually get through a Tampa Bay. The one area that they were lacking in, though, goaltending, is actually the one that probably matters the most for a postseason run. Goaltending is a bit of a make-or-break situation, and if you don't have it, you're basically screwed, and unfortunately the Penguins found themselves on the very much wrong end of this situation. The Islanders played a perfectly okay game and certainly did enough to get Ilya Sorokin another win, but... Overall, I just think the goaltending situation for Pittsburgh ended up putting them into a hole that they really couldn't climb out of. You know, a series deficit to trots is always a bit of a problem, and Pittsburgh has run against Barry before. They've seen it happen, and they know that trots with the lead is very difficult to crack. So, a tough loss for the Penguins, in which they will now have to face a very difficult offseason with a lot of questions. Certainly, goaltending is going to be chief among them, but the, the longevity and certainly the, uh, the long-term cap situation and aging process for a lot of their players these are all things that they're going to have to figure out how to work around. They're a pretty smart team, though, so I do think that they will solve things and get back into the postseason next year. We did have another series concluding 4-2 in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning over the Florida Panthers. The Lightning ended up shutting out the Panthers 4-0. Very big game in this series, one in which, I, you know, I thought the Panthers might have a shot at, at coming back in this series and maybe forcing, like, a Game 7. Unfortunately for the Panthers, did not happen. Spencer Knight was not able to replicate his previous success, and it's not really shocking. The Lightning are a massive juggernaut of a team, and if you start to surrender anything to them, they're going to take advantage and get through you. They're pretty complete at both even strength and on the power play, and even if their goal scoring isn't always there, they definitely have a goaltending rockin' in Andre Vasilevsky this year who's been absolutely dominant and almost impossible to get past. He's certainly one of the front runners for the Vesna alongside Hellebuck, and I would not be shocked if he actually wins. The very last game of the evening is probably the one with the most intrigue, and that is the uh, the Minnesota Wild defeating the Golden Knights 3-0, forcing a 3-3 series tie, and now getting into a Game 7. The Wild have quietly amassed a pretty impressive season. You know, Kirill Kaprizov is very much a, a young star rookie who's shown some incredible goal-scoring prowess, but just in general, I feel like their defensive approach alongside some okay and opportunistic goal-scoring efforts very interesting because it's not a particularly sustainable style, but Cam Talbot has sort of bailed out Minnesota when they've had a lot of issues creating, so, you know, Vegas might be in some trouble. You know, Vegas hasn't always been goalied before, but now they're starting to face that against a team that certainly punishes you when you make a single mistake. And now these squads are primed for a Game 7 that will decide, you know, a really big date with Destiny. So I'm very intrigued by the series. I kind of think Minnesota might actually upset Vegas. The Knights haven't always been as impressive against Cam Talbot somehow. Maybe they face another first-round heartbreak. As it stands, we do have one confirmed playoff series for next round, and that is the Islanders versus the Bruins, which should be very interesting. I expect a very tight series. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bruins actually come out ahead of this one, but for my money, that's actually a coin flip series. We're probably anticipating Toronto versus Winnipeg, which again for me is probably going to be another coin flip series. I, th I have like a gut feeling that Toronto is going to prevail just because they're a much deeper team in a lot of areas, but Connor Hellebuck is kind of the big equalizing factor, so we'll see on that one. And then a series between Tampa Bay and Carolina, if that is in fact the upcoming matchup, would be just absolute chaos. Carolina is a really well-balanced, really deep team, but they're going against a squad that, that kind of has that extra level of quality over Carolina. I would imagine Tampa Bay going through, but it would be a Game 7 kind of situation. 
The last matchup that I do expect is the Colorado Avalanche to go against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, obviously Minnesota does have a decent shot of upsetting the Knights, but I, I still think to some degree Vegas is actually going to prevail. The Knights are hard to bet against, and even though they have struggled to beat Cam Talbot, like I said earlier, maybe they find a way to break through and actually force a, a situation where they will now have to face one of the top teams in the postseason, but if the Wild go through, they're going to have an unholy test against one of their most hated rivals, so actually I'd act, I'd be really down with like a Colorado versus Minnesota series. That'd be a great playoff series. I think it'd be very watchable, very fun, and maybe maybe Colorado finds itself on the wrong end of a very big upset. We'll have plenty of more playoff thoughts tomorrow, especially with some other series that will probably be concluding and giving us some actual matchups that are confirmed. But for tonight's show, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.